He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. And just before I start, I'd like to pray for, um, I don't know, a lot of you will know Pastor Stacy, her Rainer, his wife. He's just had a, a nasty bike accident, motorbike, uh, in Rotorua. Rotorua? Tai Happy. Oh, yesterday afternoon. So he's, he's quite broken bones, eh? Multiple fractures. That's really nasty. So can we just join our faith for him? <clears throat> Father, we just lift up Pastor Stacy before your Father, God. And we pray for your mighty hand of healing upon him, Father, that you would knit his bones back together, Father. You give, first of all, give real skill and wisdom concerning all the, the doctors and nurses. We just call them into the ministry that they will minister life and healing and hope and um, peace to him. And Father, we just we thank you. We, he's a blood covenant child of the Most High God. And we just decree, Father God, that by your stripes he has been healed and you bring healing and wholeness to his body. You restore health and healing to him, Father God. And we thank you that every bone, you cause every bone to come into position and you cause rapid healing of those bones in Jesus' name. So we pray the blessing upon him, peace of God upon him, and Horaina, Father God, and the family, just the peace of God, the love of God, the life of God, and the goodness of God. Overwhelm them, Father, in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, my message today is the way, the truth, the life. <laughs> so I want to begin in John 14, 6. It says, Jesus said to him, to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I just want to, um, to share about those three words, the way, the life, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus made it very clear in verse 9. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you sometimes can't quite fathom God out, read about Jesus. Read about him. And because uh, Jesus, is, he, he examples what, who God is. What is he like? You know, God is a loving heavenly Father. He is absolutely, he is love. And just like Jesus, he, he loves the sinner and the believer alike. And he has mercy and compassion on all of them. You know, Jesus had compassion because he could see people just, you know, like they were scattered like sheep and he, without a shepherd, and it really touched his heart. But he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's what Jesus would do. And God is all for the healing and delivering of people from the oppression of the enemy, of Satan. Jesus had little time for the hierarchy of, at that time. He had little time for the, the scribes and the Pharisees. He called them, you hypocrites, <laughs> because they put all sorts of demands and pressures on the ordinary people, but they exempted themselves. And that is why Jesus called them out in Matthew 23. He, says, he said, hypocrites, brood of vipers. You white-washed sepulchres. You look pious. In other words, you're looking pious and clean on the outside. But on the inside, you are filled with dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Boy, he, he didn't mince words, did he? So, <clears throat> uh, anyway, in the next 10.38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So every good deed that Jesus performed, the Father was fully behind it. 
See, God cares about us. He loves us. He's like a, he's a father to us. If you've never had a good father or you've never known your father, you know, you could never get a better father than God Almighty. And he wants to be a father to you. <clears throat> he wants to bless you. He wants to meet your needs. He wants you to know how much you are loved and cherished. So all those suffering from mental torment, guilt, sickness, diseases, demonic depression, grief, or people bound in sin, they couldn't seem to get free, but Jesus came to set the captives free. Isn't that good? He's got completely the backing of God Almighty. Jesus came to set the captives free. And if you're bound in some way, Jesus, he will break that. He will set you free. You know, every little baby who is born on this earth is alive to God. Their little spirits are all sent from heaven. It says, in him, in God, before we came here, we lived and moved and had our being or our existence. You existed before you ever came to this earth. You lived in God. You lived in him. Isn't that amazing? And God's not, God is not a man, you know, I mean, he's male, but he's not, he's not got a, a, like your heart beating lungs and hasn't got intestines and all of that. In him is eternity. From him inside flows the river of life, which flows throughout heaven, and it continually flows out of him. So in him is not like in us. And we, as, before we ever came to this earth, we were little light beings, living inside of God, and we would, you know, play in that, the river of life in him. And God, he, he um, at the time of conception, our little spirits, Holy Spirit would take that little bit of, that little spirit, and he would attach it to that little bit of flesh in our mother's womb. You were not a mistake. You, God has a plan for everyone Every one of us, he's got plans for our good and not for evil, not for our harm. In fact, it says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the thoughts or the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts or plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So God has a future for each and every one of you and there's hope for you. You might think, oh, my life feels hopeless. No, there's always hope in God, always. Evil always comes from the demonic realm which Satan rules over. But God, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, God Almighty is over you. He's, he is working for you. So I want to look at these three things, the way, the truth, the life. So I'm going to talk about the way. Sin separates us from God. And Jesus is the way back to God, back to the Father. <clears throat> and uh, it, so we all came from God. He is the Father of lights, and we came from Him. And all children and all babies are alive to God. And if they die in the in the womb, or if they die, if, even if, if it's abortion, or if they they miscarry or whatever, not one is lost. Not one little baby, no matter how small is lost, all of them are taken back to heaven and they, are, they will just grow in heaven. 
everyone, not one little child, not one little baby, aborted or miscarried is lost. They are in heaven and they're growing. <laughs> they are, isn't that amazing? They are growing in heaven. Just slowly, know, they'll know no evil, they'll know no harm. They'll only know the, the joy, joy and um, peace and love and fun. They have fun. You know, heaven is not a boring place. It's fun. God is all about fun. When we get to heaven, it's, going to, it's not all holy in heaven, you know. We have, we'll have fun in heaven, absolute fun. <laughs> yeah, you should get excited about that. Yeah, we've got a great future. We, God wants us to have fun on earth. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have even more fun, fun that we've never enjoyed as we do would on this earth. So Paul... Um, so as, no, sorry, as children grow, they all come to that age of accountability. We all come to that age. That is when childlike innocence is challenged. And they then become responsible for their decisions, whether they want a relationship with God or Jesus Christ or not. That is the time of accountability. And if they say yes to Jesus, Jesus will just come into them and he fills them with the light and the life of God. They, they will you know, just born again. In fact, I, some people, it's amazing, some people grow up in the Word, grow up in God, and they never leave Him. So they always have the life and the light of God in them. But others of us maybe just step away, think, oh, I don't need God, or, or it may not even be deliberate, but we just never get, haven't got the revelation that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that He came so that we could have life. And so we need to get born again. We have to be born again. Jesus, Paul said it like this, I was alive once. In other words, he was spiritually alive to God without the law, but when the commandment came, when he, things became obvious about sin, sin revived and I died. Spiritually, he's talking about. The life of God left him. That's in Romans 7, 9. And Jesus, he points the way back to the Father. We are all responsible for our decisions and our choices in life. Salvation and eternal life always come through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in John 3:16, you know this so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we all will die physically one day unless the rapture comes first. <laughs> And we'll be caught up. Uh, but we will physically, some will physically die, maybe some of us will be caught in the rapture. I don't know, I believe it's a fair way away yet, but anyway, who knows? God would like to surprise us all. <laughs> so whoever has given their lives to Jesus Christ will be caught up in the air. You know the story? Some of you will, maybe a few won't. We're caught up in, in glorified physical bodies spiritually able to live in heaven in these glorified bodies and we'll meet Christ in the air and he'll take us all to heaven in one great moment. I'll give you scriptures for that if you want to look it up later. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now good scriptures talking about the rapture. Jesus is the only way to the heaven. He is the only way. Why is that? Because only Jesus could pay the price for the sins of the world. He is the sinless son of God. 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He came down from the Father. He always existed with God. He's eternal. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternal. And that they all planned, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they planned the plan of salvation and redemption. Jesus is all God, and he chose to become the sinless, sacrificial lamb of God. And when sin entered the world through Adam, that sin nature passed on to every human being. Whether we like it or not, it passed down to every human being. It says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is exempt. So Adam's sin had huge ramifications. It threw this whole world into chaos. Sin brought with it hate, bitterness, lies and deception, sickness and disease and decay, hopelessness, murder, violence, death, perversion, everything like that. And heaven was shut until... The way to heaven was shut because God could not allow sin into heaven. And, and it wasn't until Jesus came and opened the way of salvation and through his death and through his resurrection, all those who would receive him and make him their Lord and Saviour had access to heaven. Now, there are two men who did enter heaven before Jesus came to this earth. One was Enoch and the other was Elijah. They were caught up bodily. You can read that and check it out for yourself. It's the truth. But even they would have to acknowledge Jesus as their their Lord and Saviour. When Jesus came back into heaven and poured his blood on the mercy seat, they would have acknowledged Jesus Christ even as their own Lord and Saviour. So before Jesus came to this earth and was crucified on the cross, all the righteous who died were in a place called paradise. And it was a beautiful spiritual place in the upper regions of hell. It was nothing to do with hell. There's a great gulf between them. You know the story of um, <coughs> Ananias? Ananias, was it? He, um, I think it's Ananias. I might say the wrong name. Anyway, somebody, Lazarus. Oh, no. The rich man, <laughs> rich man and Lazarus. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, you know that story? Remember uh, Lazarus? Um, he was begging. He had fallen on hard times, and he, he, he would wait outside this rich man's house and and asked for arms. You know, there was no social security in those days. And the rich man just walked past him day after day after day, never showed any mercy, never showed any love or kindness. <clears throat> but anyway, that rich man died. He went to hell. And he could see, <clears throat> and this is in the Bible, he looked up and he could see Lazarus up in heaven. He died and he, God, he was taken to paradise, I mean. And it was a beautiful spiritual place. No, no evil there, no pain, no, no sickness, no disease. And, la- and um, the rich man asked, you know, that Lazarus would dip his, you know, that he'd dip his finger in water and just touch his tongue because hell has no water in it. There's no water, there's no peace, there's no joy, there's no food, there's no laughter. It's just torment, torment, torment. So that was the upper place. And then when Jesus died, when he went to the cross, he said he preached to all of them in that place. And then when he rose and was resurrected, he took them all to heaven with them. So Jesus opened the way to heaven through his death on that cross for all those who would receive him 
as Lord and Saviour. Good works cannot get us to heaven. A lot of people think they might. Good works are good. <laughs> Don't do bad work, only do good works. But just good works without Jesus Christ in, in our lives will not get us to heaven. Only the remission of sins through his blood gets us to heaven and by inviting him into our lives. And then we become new creations in Christ Jesus. We're born again, as we say. But our rewards are based on what we do for him on this earth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, aren't you pleased? Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. If you're born again, all things are of God, who reconciled us to himself. God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We want, he wants us to go out there and tell that they can be reconciled with God and made right with God through Jesus. Verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us. He, was, he didn't sin, but he was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been made the righteousness of God. Isn't that good? You have, you have been made the righteousness of God in him. And Jesus is the only way back to the Father, the way. He said, I am the way. He's the way back to the Father. There's no other way. I want to talk about, okay, the way, the truth. Jesus is truth. He didn't say, I speak truth, but he always did. But he said, I am the truth. He's the way, the truth. Everything he spoke is truth. His word is truth. He is truth. Satan is called the father of lies. He's the liar. He's the deceiver. Yes, thanks, Margie. Everything that is not truth comes from Satan. Satan, he is the antithesis of Jesus Christ. In John 1.14, it says, The word and the word, which is Jesus, because he was known as the word in heaven before he came down, it was the Father, the Word, and Holy Spirit. So in the beginning was the Word, remember? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, Jesus is full of truth. He speaks only truth. He is truth. And everything about him is true. Everything. And as I said, before he came to this earth, he was known as the Word. Because it's, um, yeah, John, look, look at that, John 1, 2 and 3. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, he's always been with God. All things were made through him, all things were made through Jesus Christ, the Word. And without him, nothing was made that was made. You know, when God spoke, let there be light, he would step out and he'd create it. Because it said he, there was nothing that was made. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So he played a major part in creation. So before Jesus came to this earth, we had God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. Now we know them as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit because he came for us, the Son of God, to help mankind. Because we've been separated from God through sin. 
He was willing to take on flesh. Can you think how huge that is? For all eternity, he'd been the word. And he was, you know, he was <clears throat> a, a, a wonderful, beautiful, spiritual being. But he was willing to come here and take on human flesh. And he's in heaven with his in his glorified body. He still has that body, but it's been glorified. Like ours will be when we uh, go to heaven, when, if we're raptured, will it be in glorified body? And there will come a time when we will also be like, like Christ at the rapture. <clears throat> so he was willing to come as a baby and grow and, and live that sinless life. He went to the cross and was made sin with our sins, from the sins from the beginning of time to the end of time so that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's great news. And we're made new creations in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation in Christ. Your old sin nature has been wiped away, and all things become new. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, all your past is wiped away. God doesn't see it. He doesn't look at it. Don't remind him of it. He'll say, I don't know about that, because your past is washed right away. And you'll stand before him. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And all things are new, and all things are of him. So an unbeliever, this is why an unbeliever needs to repent and receive Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Then their sins are blotted out, and they become a new creation. When someone is born again... They can't, you know, when they, they can't confess all their sins because they won't even know all their sins. They wouldn't know. And they don't know, you know, when you're a sinner, you don't even know <laughs> that that's sin and, and what's a sin in God's eyes. So we have to be made a whole new creation. But if someone willingly gets born again and they willingly and willfully sin after being made a new creation, then they need to repent. You need to repent. Sometimes... I mean, hopefully that's not the case. But just sometimes you might need to repent and ask forgiveness and allow that blood of Jesus to work through you and clean, clean you. So the Bible says when we're walking in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ is continually working through us. It's in, if you look in 1 John, we choose. So you, you have to make a choice. You choose to walk in love. Choose to walk in forgiveness. Choose not to be resentful. Choose not to badmouth bad other people. And as, but if we cho and choose to walk like this, the blood of Jesus is working for us all the time. The blood of the Lamb. It says in 1 John 1, 9, this is to the believer, if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, that's not talking about the unbeliever. The unbeliever has to be made a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. And it says in, in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us all the time, cleanses us from all sin. Because you know, we could sin without even realising that was a sin. But when you're walking in love, and walking in the light and having fellowship with one another, the blood of a son cleanses us from all sin. 
So we should be walking in such a way and such a close relationship with God that we walk in love. You know, we walk in love so that sin doesn't touch us and the blood constantly is washing us. Walk in the light. We're to walk in the light. Don't play around with darkness. Don't play around with it. So I could ask, when did you last bad mouth another believer? Oh, I just did that last night. <laughs> you better repent and get, your, get yourself right. When did you last lose your temper? When did you last lie knowingly? You need to apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. Okay? Because we need to be living... We sh- you know, believers shouldn't sin. We shouldn't sin, but we do. You know, so we need the blood washing us, the blood of Jesus. We've got to have faith in God, believe his word. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. In other words, have what you say, good or bad. What are you saying? Don't speak bad over your life. Don't speak bad about other people. Speak life. Speak God's truth. Fill your words with love. Jesus said, forgive one another as I forgive you. Don't hold on to grudges. Let it go. Because, you know, it won't harm the person you're holding a grudge against. It will harm you. You're the one who will be hurt by that. You've got to get it right. Good Lord, I just loose all that. Loose it from your soul. I loose all unforgiveness from my soul. And I just bind your love and your life and your hope into my life in Jesus' name. Okay, in the Lord's Prayer, it says in Matthew 6, he said, he was giving this to the believers, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So forgive those who sin against us. You know, we need to do that. That's the way we are to live. That's who we are. Forgive so that we can live in that place of, of forgiveness. God expects us to forgive others in the same way he forgives us. This is his truth. This is his truth. So let's go talk about the life. So the way, the truth, the life. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus is a life giver. For all those who receive him, we receive eternal life. John 1, 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's what happens. His life comes into us, and it's light. It's light. If you could see yourself in the spirit realm, you would see light coming from you. John 3.16, you know this so easily. For God so loved the world. He loves this world so much. He loves his creation. He loves everyone born in this place. He doesn't love what some are doing, though, at all. Uh, That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You cannot slip into heaven some other way or through someone else's name. We get to heaven through the name of Jesus Christ and through the sacrifice of his life. He sacrificed his life so we could receive life. He's the only one who could do it because he was a sinless son of God. If anyone had sinned, they couldn't do it. He lived a sinless life. So we could receive life. In John eleven twenty five, it says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. We will die, but we will live. You'll just step out of your body and you'll go straight to heaven. If Christ is not in there, I hate to think you'd step out of your body, you'd go to hell. It's not because God didn't love you. He loved you so much, he sent Jesus Christ for you. And so the way to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible says that. It's through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in John 10, 10, the thief does not, that Satan does not come except, this is another right, these are what he comes to do, steal, kill, destroy. There's no mercy in Satan. There's no mercy in the demonic realm. There's no mercy, there's no love. All they're out to do is to steal from us, to kill us, and to destroy us. And, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He wants you to enjoy abundant life. Isn't that good? He's amazing. Jesus is beautiful. So when we invite Jesus into our lives and submit to his lordship, it is as though we were crucified with him. You know, I've been on the cross, and it is now no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You should be, all the believers, you need to be able to say, Christ lives me. It's no longer I who live. It's not about me anymore. It's now about Jesus Christ. It's all about him. In Galatians 2.20 it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. The old you should no longer be rising up. It is no longer I who, I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He loves you. He gave himself for you. So we need to live the way he does. We walk in mercy. We walk in love. We walk in forgiveness. He becomes the desire of our lives. I choose to listen to him, to his leading. I look for truth, which I can live by. You need to look for truth. Jesus is the truth, which you can live by. And you now can enjoy true life. No longer is there an emptiness inside. No longer do we live selfish lives. We live a life that pleases him, filled with his light and his life. It's a life that is worthy of the enormous sacrifice he has made for all of us, for everyone who's born into this earth. That's, we need to live a life worthy of what he did. He's not, you know, he gave up who he was as you know, as, as um, in heaven, went back with a resurrected physical body, resurrected body, changed his name from the word to the son of God. So it's, we should say, I truly no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Remember that song? Good song in those days. Hebrews 3.1 says, we are partakers of the heavenly calling. We partake of God's heavenly calling. And this is the story of salvation. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. No longer do I fear death or hell. Two places mankind can go to. Only two places, heaven or hell. They're real, 
very real. Choose heaven. Choose life. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. Just choose life. Come on. <laughs> I know I have everlasting life. You know. Many of you know. I'd say I hope all of you know. And I know one day I'll be with Christ in heaven. And that's going to be a good day. Yeah. I make it my purpose to live a life worthy of him. I don't want someone to look at my lifestyle and think, calls herself a Christian. No, I want them to look at my life and say, so that's what it is to be a Christian. That's what we've got to do. This is not, we're not playing games, guys. This is life, life or death. People are out there that are dying, don't know Christ and going to hell. We've got work to do. And we've got greater days ahead of us. The glory of God is coming. It is coming, I keep saying it, and it's going to hit. It's going to hit this whole world. So it sets before us life and death, blessing and cursing, and he reinforces it, reinforces it by saying, choose life. What will you choose? Life? Yes. No one is forced to go to heaven. No one is forced to go to hell. It's a free choice for every human being born on this earth. Either they respond to the heavenly calling or they reject it. They ignore the call. So many are ignoring the call. This is why Jesus warns us by saying this. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man, no woman, no one can come to the Father but through me. It's the only way. There is no side door and there's no back door. He is the way. We enter through the door of his blood sacrifice, which only he could pay. He could only pray because his blood was sinless. He was the sinless lamb of God on that cross who takes away the sin of the world. Every sin, can you imagine? He took on himself every sin, every sickness, every disease on that cross. You know, in the cup he had trouble drinking that because he was drinking all the sin and the dregs of the whole world in that spirit realm. And it was, he was sweating blood. That's how hard it was. The sinless lamb of God being made sin for us. Can you, that's the love of God. Can you imagine that? The sinless lamb of God being made sin. Not just carrying us, and he was made sin for us on that cross. When he hung there, he was sin. He was made sin with every filthy, disgusting sin in the whole world. Everything for us. The least we can do is be thankful and live a life that would honour his name. It's a free choice. So today, I would encourage you, if you haven't done, um, done, already done this, make a decision to choose Jesus Christ, who is the way, who is the truth, he is the life. If you've been living with one foot in the kingdom and one foot out, it's time to put both feet into the kingdom and start living a life worthy of him, worthy of almighty God, worthy of your saviour, Jesus Christ. God is a holy God. We should be living holy lives. There's so much perversion and, and disobedience in the earth today, more than... I've ever seen in my lifetime anyway. I'll say marriage is designed by God to be a holy covenant between a man and a woman. It's a holy thing. 
and the world is trying to change things. Not right. It's wrong. It's a holy thing. Marriage is a holy thing because it's a type of the covenant between Jesus Christ and his future bride, the body of Christ. So Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the truth in the midst of a world filled with lies and deception and perversion. And he is life, and he wants to impart his life to as many as would receive him. Amen? So I just want to pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, even if there was one person here who's never totally given themselves to you, I pray right now, Father, you just move upon them, that they will make a decision for Jesus Christ. They will allow him to be, fill them with your life and your love and your light. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your mercy. You are so merciful. You're so gracious. You're so forgiving. Help us to live the way you want us to live. Help us to be examples of what it is to be a true believer, born of God, born of the Spirit of God, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, Jesus, what you did on that cross, what you did down in hell to pay the price down in hell. But you rose victoriously. And we're so grateful and we're so thankful. And we ask that you would help us to live a life that glorifies you, that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit. Father, that your Holy Spirit will come and fall upon each and every one in this room. Holy Spirit, that you would fill us to overflowing to overflowing, that you would empower us to live that life that will honour your Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's anyone here that doesn't, you say, I don't know whether I've really given my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just put up your hand briefly for a minute so I could just see your hand. Anyone here? I don't feel 